cheering for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. Welcome in, golf fans. This is the Preferred Lines Podcast. My name is Joe Idoni. At Tour Picks is where you can find me on X. And we're going to talk Shriners Open tonight. I brought an awesome guest, a friend of mine, someone who knows a ton about the course that they're facing this week and has a ton of just general good insight that we love to hear uh, coming on in just a few minutes. But thank you for being here. Sit back, relax, enjoy Monday Night Football, maybe on the other screen, maybe pull it up somewhere else. But I appreciate you being here with us as we talk a little bit of golf on this Monday night. Uh, as always, we are brought to you in part by the Fantasy Golf Pod. Make sure to check those boys out. Give them a follow on Twitter. They've got the Wednesday, Wednesday Final Thoughts show. Uh, Josh, Eric, Chad, all the gang will be back. Merch is up on PreferredLines.com. A friendly reminder listen this show is free of charge it is always going to be free of charge it is a hobby i am not hiding anything i'm transparent i'm here to give you information and picks and help you along the way to do what you do with it all i ask in return is three seconds to pop over to the preferred lines youtube page uh click the subscribe button it's killing me that I'm not at a thousand subs yet. So if you have two seconds, literally, that would be a ton of help for me. And I would genuinely appreciate it. Let's get right into the show. Um, I'm just going to get right to our guest. I'm excited to talk to him. I, I He's one of my like most genuine people that I know. Welcoming into Preferred Lines. Obviously, you know him as the 2017 World Series of Poker main event champion at Blum 2711 on Twitter X, whatever it's called. Scott Blumstein, what up, dude? How you doing? What's up, Joe? How's it going? We we got to get you to a thousand, baby. Let, let's go. This is the start. We got to get there, man. I'm on the march. We're gonna get there soon. Um, I'm happy to have you here, Las Vegas native. Um, like, what's good, man? Member at TPC Summerlin. I'm excited to talk to this about with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been there about uh, two or three years now. Um, been uh haven't been playing that much golf lately due to some unforeseen injury issues you know we, we got to get right but certainly uh know the course pretty well and super excited to watch uh some of the best players in the world get after it yeah for my boy uh caddy mr john rathaus um he wants to know favorite shot you've had there as a member and lowest round that you've had there uh my lowest round i think was an 88 um which, you know, I'll take it. I, I, golf is hard, man. Golf is really hard. I, so I, hard. I, I was just kind of turning a corner uh, right before I was dealing with all this stuff. So it's a little disappointing because I think I was on my way to maybe figuring it out, at least on the greens, chipping in the greens. Um, but and then my most memorable shot. Uh, that's a good one. Um, Where was the hole in one on video? That was it. Well, win. Yeah, that's yeah. That would have been easy if that was at a. Uh, I, unfortunately, no aces at uh, Summerlin just yet. But, uh, you know, a couple, like, 45-foot putts in, like, the, the Wednesday team game and stuff, that, that's what really gets you going, you know? Some some sick life experiences, man. Guy banks $8 million at a World Series of Poker event. We'll get into uh, that shortly. I'm a lucky guy. He's got a, a an on-camera ace at the win that they created a video montage for, which is also sick. So let me ask you, so you've been at TPC Summerlin. 
I show up there. Who is the PGA tour that I'm most likely to see on ground like year round at TPC Summerlin? Who's who's hanging out there and getting the getting their work in? You know, it's it's weird. It 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 really hasn't been I haven't seen that many pros there uh in the last year or so. I, I don't know hmm. exactly. I mean, obviously they're out there playing, I guess, and the off season's obviously a little tricky and stuff, but um the short answer I would say are David Lipsky. Uh, Harry Hall, I've seen Ryan Moore there before, um, and then, shockingly not in the field, uh, Maverick McNeely is probably actually the answer, um, yeah. him and, and Joseph Bartlett, I'm um, oh, sorry, Joseph Bramlett and, uh, and uh, Seamus Power from time to time, too. Okay, cool. So how do you... So you're like, I didn't really know this about you until a year ago, but you're very much like into following golf weekly. You're into the DFS side of it. You're into the gambling side of it. For me, like I would assume that two things that it kind of where the Venn diagram crosses, right? From like poker to golf for me is like stats and probabilities. Like what's the possible outcomes of this particular shot what's the possible outcomes of calling this particular hand and using sort of stats and feel to figure out how to play that particular shot or how to play that particular hand how do you sort of correlate the two and have you found like a similar reason to why you're you're super into both of those things well being that those two things consume up a lot of my life uh i spent a lot of time thinking about it and yeah I mean, the short answer is they're pretty similar. I mean, one, the irony is, is right. One is a very physical thing, right? You need to, yeah. uh, you know, and then I, I picked the one where you just sit in a chair and, and it's more, it's only mental, right? Poker is only decision-making. Uh, once, you know, you make your decision, then the fate is up to the cards. Now, golf, there's still a lot of variance though, right? You still got to deal with a lot of variance and, and, I think it's less tangible, right? You know, in poker, you see this percentages. They show you straight up, like, this is what you're going to win and this is what yeah. you're going to lose. Um, but golf, you know, these guys are the best in the world. So if they miss their margin of error and they get a good kick, a bad kick, you know, I mean, you just got to deal with the variance and hit your next shot um, the best you possibly can. Yeah, both of them, I think, are rooted a lot in in preparation and reps, like having the reps under your belt when poker or golf are going to go your way and going to be pivotal to success either way. But then there's pressure. Then there's like high anxiety situations. Then you've played poker your entire life, but all of a sudden you're in the final table on ESPN. Then you're in Ben Griffin's situation last week where you were booking insurance three years ago, and all of a sudden you've got to hold on to a lead in a PGA Tour event in nine holes. How do you think there are similarities or benefits to sort of dealing with these high anxiety pressure situations in both. And do you have like, is there a, do you have, did you have a mental coach at the time? Is that something you advocate for in terms of like how to understand and coach yourself into dealing with these situations? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, you know, I always joke like, well, yeah, I mean, me, me winning the world championship of poker is probably the equivalent of, uh, some guy at the country club, you know, say, Oh, I'm going to go play the, uh, the masters this weekend, you know, and like, maybe I'll actually win it. You know, and it's like, and he does. like, that's not going to happen. Golf is, that's the difference, right. Is like, um, but that's the beauty and, and downside of poker at the same time. Right. You know, anyone can win. 
and and that's what makes it cool. Golf is obviously a little bit more centric on uh, the talent and 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 stuff. But yes, like I de- I had a I didn't have a mental coach up until I actually made the final table, uh, and then I brought in one that um, was very actually useful for the moment, right? Like it being on ESPN, staying focused staying in the moment, uh, visualization stuff as corny as it sounds. But I think that was really helpful for me, like getting the job done on such a big stage when, you know, I've never been in a situation even close to that before. Yeah. Um, was it live then? Yeah. Some, you know, somewhat, yeah, it was like the last time it was on ESPN and there was a little bit of a delay, but that one was, yeah, that was, that was a lot of people were like, I watched you on, you know, that, the days of that are yeah. over, but yeah, that one was on ESPN. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, like I, I think about it and we kind of touched on this earlier when we were speaking a little bit, but like it's so cool to see athletes like or, or anyone right achieve the pinnacle level of success sort of in what they're going for. And then they get there and it's kind of like in somewhat in golf, it sort of seems like a bit of a revolving door in terms of like who's the best player in the world? Like since tiger, no one's really been able to like plant their flag and like, I'm him for like 10 years. Like it's Rory, it's Scotty, it's Rom, it's Brooks, it's Victor's on the way in. It was DJ. Um, and like, I guess this is a little bit different for you, but what is it about like achieving that level of success all of a sudden and having to deal with all these exterior distractions that come with it and maintain your focus as to what got you there in the first place? I mean, it's impossible. I mean, I know I, I personally failed at it miserably, right? I mean, I can be the first one to testify to that. And, 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 I mean, again, right. It's a little bit different for me. The overwhelmingness, I think of going from nothing to that big overnight is a little yes. bit different than these golfers, you know, right. Like they, they, they're yeah. on the PGA tour. You get used to a little bit, but once you like get that first win, even, I mean, it's, it's just like really hard to do it again. I imagine, you know, it, 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 and, and for a, a number of reasons. And, and like we said, the number one thing, you know, it's the craziest thing is not that they're losing. It's how quickly they use it, how much it's turned over, you know, like through the, the last couple of years between all those guys. And I think it's a lot of bit of everything. I think it's variance and, you know, it's just it's just a hard game, man, because it's a mental game. It is. And if you're if your brain isn't working at the highest uh, capacity, you're, you're, you're probably going to, you know, not succeed. Right. And you mentioned how it's very different in a sense, like, okay, what I mean by that is if Victor Hovland achieves world number one, it's not the same as you winning the world series, but like he's seen this moment coming. He's ready for it. He knows that he's on the brink. He knows that he's close and it's very close and he's going to probably get there if he keeps on this path for you. It had to, in in a way, just come completely out of nowhere. But in the same token, all of a sudden you're both dealing with, Right. What was ultimately like your main goal at some point in life. And now you've achieved that. And if that moment doesn't bring you the fulfillment or happiness that maybe you thought it would, I can see that being a point. And if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool. But I could just see that being a point where I know that I would struggle a lot with that. Like, this is what I worked my whole life for. And I got there and something's still missing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, 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 you know, again, that's why having some kind of mental 
coach is, is I think so essential at the highest yeah. level because, you know, and, 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 and Victor's the perfect example, right? We see this rise. I, and, you know, I actually was lucky enough to have dinner with Victor a couple years ago. He was a young kid. It was the, the CJ cup, uh, when they played it at, at, uh, at, uh, shadow, right. At shadow. Yeah. So this yeah. was even before the one that was at summit. And, I said to him, I said, listen, if there's one bit of advice I can give you, I'm just some schmuck. You're trying to, you know, and I was like, it's, it's got some kind of mental, you know, right. The game is mental. Like, yeah. And he was like, listen, like, I think that's kind of a load of pooey was his exact uh, quote, to be honest. And, and, and he was just like, listen, I'm just gonna, I'm going to let my, my hard work and like getting elite at the game uh, do that. And I think, I think backhandedly he wound up working. You know, I think this Joe Mayo guy is probably yeah. pretty good for his mentals overall. And, and, but, but, but he was also right too. Right. I mean, he also worked his butt off and said, I'm just going to be the best golfer. And that's how I'm going to become number one in the world. I'm like, yeah, yeah. probably, probably a good strategy too. Right. I think both, uh, are, are, are necessary. So we'll see how he does now. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, yeah. uh, pretty bullish i think he's a man on a mission for sure and he 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 might have to i think he could if there's anyone that's clearly most likely to grab the reins uh it's him he's on that path and like we had spoken about before i think that he's uniquely qualified to hold that spot down because it seems like his main motivation is just being the best player he is i think right. with other players who've been there and i would be this way frankly personally like you're also motivated by wealth. You're also motivated by financial success. You're also motivated by your ego and these other things that come into play and like him sort of like stripping all that away and like just being goofy, like being yeah. himself, yeah. laughing but at himself, making fun of himself with no girlfriend, like not really caring yeah. about the money or commitments. Like we talked about how it's interesting. Like you, you speak with him quite a bit and it's hard to get him to like commit to things. And like, he's the only player that's really not committed to TGL right now, probably because he just like, doesn't care all that much for the extra PR exposure that he's going to get. He wants to do what's best for him. And that's become the best player on the pga tour that he can possibly be not the best like sim golfer personality type that he can be in the media yep yep it's 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 truly that simple and you know what i think that we can attribute that to, i mean my, you know from my own uh i think it's an american thing versus like <laughs> you know i think like interesting uh i think like specifically even scandinavia right i mean look at ludwig and him like they're just cool dudes and they don't seem to care about any yeah. of that stuff. Even like Nikolai Jokic, you know, he like Nikola Jokic comes back back yeah. and, and, and looks like he's like miserable to go to work. And like, yeah, they, and he just they're like, he's got the trophy next to him. He's like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I guess like he doesn't give a shit that he he's like, whatever I want, I, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I think uh I think it's like kind of the right way to be right. You're probably going to just be, happy, you know, I, you got to. But it's a fine line. It's a balance. I mean, it's the it's the finding that sweet spot, right? Between, um, I don't care, and and you know, obviously, I've achieved this thing, and that should give me self actualization and inner peace, you know, and and that's yeah. really all that matters. I want to put a pin in this for a second and come back to it at the end of the show. But let's get to a little course preview and talk about this event real quickly first in TPC Summerlin. <laughs> 
All right, got to mention here, uh, in part brought to you by my boys and the fine folks over at True Linkswear. Um, you see me rocking the Dead Golfer hat. It is Dead Golfer Month on their website. If you have not tried on their shoes, they're the most comfortable you will ever wear on a golf course. They have a special limited release line and drop that came out uh, for this month only. Limited pieces available, truelinkswear.com to check it out. Okay, TPC Summerlin. Par 71, 7,255 yards. The last five years, though, I looked at Scott and many rounds, it's played just barely over 7,000 yards, um, which is short, obviously, dealing with the Las Vegas elevation, too, as well. Average winning score, 23 under par. Um, 43% of approach shots within the last five years have come with inside 150 yards, so you're going to have to absolutely have your wedges dialed in. Um, for the props crowd and people who want to play the pick them sort of contest uh, average fairways hit over that same time span the last five years is just over nine and average greens and regulation is just over 13 there's four holes with water i don't really think the water's the trouble to me it's the rocks and the unpredictableness of the the desert and getting into situations like being in a bush like patrick cantlay last year that you can't get out of fairways and rough are, are bermuda grass but the greens are bent which is sort of a unique setup that I think only Colonial is the only other course on the PGA Tour setup with this sort of similar agronomy. 7,400 square feet, which is on the bigger side of greens. Fairways 33 yards wide at 300-yard mark, which is also on the wider side. Um, now, that's wide, but in my opinion, you still really have to drive it well here because you have to have opportunities inside of 20 feet for birdie on occasion and the greens are tough to hold around the green play comes into play a bit there um, those are the notes that I got as a person who's played this course a ton what do you see here in terms of what's important for a PGA Tour player to have success so just a couple things to like instantly hopefully provide a little bit of value um, just off uh you know, being there. So they actually did a renovation about uh, two years ago. Now this is the second year they'll be playing on it. They actually finished it um, right before last year's Shriners. Um, so this is the second time they'll be playing on it, but they actually uh, in between last year and this year, there's completely new greens and it's the same greens that they actually use at the summit club. Um, hmm. I'm not sure where else they use it. I think they're putting it in uh at Dragon Ridge, which is another Vegas course. I think a lot of the clubs out here are switching to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I, so I this is also, the first year they'll be playing these greens? Yeah, exactly. Wow, okay. and, they're, and they're a little different. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, the intricacies are, there's a couple spots. I mean, 17, uh, like the spots where you would think normally it would break towards the water, right, which is a, a normal, you know, standard thing they tell you. It actually doesn't. Uh, so, so, so I think like I think the, there's a couple tricky reads. I think that players are going to struggle with, especially the ones that have been coming here for a while. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's you did a pretty you know it's pretty simple. It's yeah. it's just don't you don't have to drive it uh, extremely accurate, but you you definitely need to be within the the width of the fair right. Like yeah, there there's there's a lot of holes. There's trees and rocks like you said right like yeah. that's literally the only thing that can prevent you from not having a good chance at getting it close to get a good look at birdie right so um a lot of three woods off the tee um a lot of uh you know 
guys clubbing down because they know that they just need to be in the fairway and that's it. Right. So why hit driver? Uh, Cantlay Cantlay used to be pretty aggressive around this place. Like he would hit driver on 10 when other people are hitting Mm. irons and woods. Uh, He hit driver on 12, which is kind of where the water comes into play. Actually, there's a big uh, lake on the right there. Uh, but I remember the last round last year, he just takes out driver and he just drills it right down the middle and has a hundred yards in, you know, when everyone yeah. else has 140. So you can be aggressive, which gets you closer, which gets your proximity better. Right. Um, and I think there's some merit to it. Uh, if you're, if you better drive it straight. Um, but other than that, yeah, soup, not tricky at all. The par fives are pretty easy. Um mm-hmm. There's the one over water, which, you know, they don't seem to have a problem with too much. They have a long iron in. And I guess, you know, you can go into the water if you don't get all of it. Um, but, yes, you're right that the water is not super in play. And, look, the, the score, the winning score is always super low. So, yeah, you got to go low. Um, you mentioned, like, the new greens. Have you found at all that, like, they're 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 less receptive or more firm with being like brand new that maybe players may struggle with a little bit this year uh as far as approach i don't think it's gonna matter all that much i don't think it's gonna have an effect i think there's some they added a little bit of undulation at some points and and it's a weird course i mean i think i think the reason why uh the scores are so i mean there's holes where you know when the pins in a in a certain place you can attack it and then I think the reason why we've seen such low scores, I think putting used to be pretty easy here, right? That Bermuda that everyone, mm-hmm. you know, that like, like that, that, that when you have an eight footer, it's pretty straightforward, right? The read yeah. is the read, put a good stroke on it. It's probably going to go in. Uh, but I think that might get a little bit dicier this year. I think there might, you might see more short misses. Um, and then, and then the lag putts is, is, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world. There's some, some holes are easier than others, but if you find yourself on the back of a green, you might have a, have, you might see some three putts too, but, um, I think GIR is super important. Exactly. Right. I mean, obviously it is, but you know, scrambling can be a little tricky if there's, you know, so you just, you just, you just want to hit it in the fairway and then hit it on the green and go from there. All right, let's pull up the board. Let's make some bets. All right, let me pull on the board here. Here's your odds for the Shriners Open. Your favorite this week, defending champion Tom Kim is back, and he's at 11 to 1. Ludwig Oberg is 12 to 1, right behind him, coming off a playoff last week. And of course, that on the heels of a Ryder Cup win for the European team. Um, Cam Davis, 22 to one jumps up 10 points there. Siwoo Kim coming off a big win himself is down to 22 to one. There were some 25s this morning. Then you get to shank spawn post in there in the 35s, um, right off the top, Scott, I know this is Monday. We don't expect you to have a full betting card in, but is there anyone that you're sort of leaning in the direction of, or you think sets up well for this week? I mean, the first guy is, uh, Ludwig Aberg. Uh, here's a real real uh shocker there but i mean look I, I, he might actually be like too good at driving to to play here <laughs> like I, i'm afraid he might hit it too good is the only problem because 
like, yeah, I don't think he can hit driver on a lot of these holes because it's just going to be in places that no one's ever seen, you know, and, and, and it's not worth it. Right. So maybe that negates him a little bit. And then he has to get back to his wedges. Oh, but like, he's pretty good at those too. And like, so I don't know, I'm not going to overthink it. Like he's a young kid. I mean, you'd be like, Oh, like uh, how is he keep playing after the high of the Ryder cup? And, I mean, I'm just not gonna. I he he went out and got in the five way playoff last week. So, yeah, he got in a five way playoff last week. You're right on the heels of an absolute short week on the heels of being, I think no, he was one of the youngest players ever to play as many matches that he did. He's never been been in a major. All of a sudden, he wins the Ryder Cup. He comes here on basically two days notice and gets himself into a playoff. Admits losing strokes putting. Um, and he's and he is a pretty good putter. If he had gained one stroke putting last week, he would have won his first PGA Tour event and like his tenth start. Yeah. Um, the guy is awesome. I think of anyone at the top. I don't know that I'm ready for twelve to one. I've always been. I've always felt that these rookie players, and maybe he, this dude, is just a different cat, and I'll be willing to accept that when he wins. But I thought Cameron Young was a different cat. I thought Will Zalatoris was a different cat. Don't do that. Really, don't compare it. Don't, don't lump him no, in it's with hard. Them. Like they what I'm what I'm saying is they have peaks and valleys in this rookie season where they'll dip to 12 to 15 to 1 because everyone's so excited about them. And then three weeks later, off of a couple, like off a missed cut in a 43rd, they'll be 50 to one in like right. a bigger field event. And I don't right. know that Oberg's that guy to get up to that point. But like Cameron Young two seasons ago was like 80 to one at the Travelers. Then he was 20 to one the next week. Then he was 100 to one at the Open where he finished second. Like they really go through these swings of odds more than a normal player as the pendulum goes up and down. And I feel like when the talent level is that good, they're just as likely to win any event. I'd rather grab him at 35 or 40 in a few weeks and, and and hope that I don't miss him just banging this one off at 12 to one, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's completely fair. I mean, you know, I, I, that's the problem, right. With the difference between betting markets and just, you know, saying like, Oh, here's a guy that I think is the best player in the field. Right. And like, again, I don't, he might not win. It's his first time in Las Vegas. Maybe he's, uh, you know, right. I mean, that's what you got to worry about. Any of these guys. Yeah. He, is he even old enough to, to gamble? Oh, wait, no. Okay. Yeah. The Scandinavians though, they're, they got their head on straight. We already right, talked maybe, about it. Maybe Victor got him into poker out at the Ryder cup and he's, he's out grinding at Red Rock till 3am on Wednesday. You know, I don't know, but, uh, but, but, but yes, I'm with you. Like it's short. I know the odds are short. I know that, he like yeah. should be due to regress. I know that he should be tired of playing golf by now, but <laughs> if he's here, like, and you, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 what about your boy, Cam Davis? Are you about to go? Uh, is that, is that why you're not, you don't want no, to No, no. You know what? I, I honestly haven't done anyone at the top right now. Um, I don't think I'm, I would love to be in a position to take, um, Ludwig, I don't think I will at 12 to 1. So I'm more likely looking at, at Cam Davis or Siwoo. Uh, I probably, I'm leaning Cam, but I also think that, like, the okay, so my concerns about Siwoo is I think Siwoo might be partying because Siwoo just got out of like 17 months of military. Like, that, yeah. dude, that, that, 
made his life honestly like yeah. your, your career is a professional in uh, industry whether you're a scientist or a golfer or a basketball player you take 18 months off in the middle of your prime like you are not getting that back especially on the pga tour like good luck getting back <laughs> so, so, sung jay's so happy he's not even playing and he's uh he won the tournament two years ago. Yeah, like, and he had that crazy shot off the rocks. I know. So I worry, but but Siwoo did play awesome there. I think he finished uh, fourth in the individual scoring. He had a great Sunday. Um, I think that he's set up as like a place where you need to make a ton of birdies. I really like him at. But um, yeah, he's interesting. Know. He's interesting though. I mean, like, because what if he's so happy now that you know there's it's the, just a monkey you're off the yeah, back right? exactly right I mean, that's that's true too i i really do uh have suspicions that if we did see sunjay struggle a little bit last year than what we're used to i think that had something to do with it yeah all right let's move down a little bit um this next group there have been some popular guys in this range You've got Hoagie at 35. I know there were some 50s early this morning. That looks like the consensus has gone down to 35. Someone hit him hard. Hadwin at 40. Putnam at 40. Hostler at 40. Cole at 40 now. Um, that's new. I thought I just saw 30 earlier. Uh, Hojgaard is back at 40. Norman at 40. Svensson 45. You got a whole gang of guys here in like this sort of 40 to 1 to 50 to 1 range. Um I'll give you two that I bet first. So I took Hadwin. I took Svensson. Um, reason being on both guys, I was on Svensson last week. I'm going to continue to ride it. I think that his approach play has really turned around and trended back in the right direction, particularly with the wedges. I had always said all along, like play him on short golf courses because he's not that long off the tee. And if you can stick a pitching wedge in his hand when he's on, I think he's just about as good as anybody. You look at the places where he's had success, where he won at RSM. He's played great at Honda. He even played really good at sawgrass last year he was leading the players championship for a while like these shorter courses that really demand accuracy i think he's really good at um top 15 in, in fairways he's making a ton of birdies right now and don't don't look now like people say svenson sucks at putting um he's 13th in bent grass putting over the last 50 rounds he has made a ton of improvement and he's top five in the entire field from zero to 15 feet. And the reason that I'm really kind of honing in on that like range under 20 feet is if you're going to get to 23 under par, you've got to make a ton of these putts. And we're talking about outright betting here. This isn't DFS. This isn't top 40. I need to find a guy who can win. And it's got to be a guy that is going to hold his fair share of 12 to 15 foot putts. And he's been really proficient there. Hadwin, of course, um, I I bet him here last year. He played pretty well. He's just going to, I know he's going to keep it in the fairway. He's got terrific course history here, top five in the field. And he's top five in when you filter in easier scoring conditions, which this is one of the more um, easier tournaments in terms of total scoring. So those are my two guys. Do you like those or is there anyone else you see here you like? I really, yeah. I mean, I know Benson's your boy, right? I know yeah. that this is, uh nothing new and uh but 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 with that being said he is new he is definitely like turning some kind of leaf right like mm -hmm. he is you saw it in the playoffs right i mean he was yeah. going toe to toe um and and yeah i mean i i so yeah i mean adam svenson sure why not i mean he could 
potentially become a a, a guy you want to bet in any tournament. You yeah. Know? Uh, Hadwin, I, I just he's just a guy that I I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's just my own personal. I lo- love Adam Hadwin. You know, like don't get me wrong. Yeah. No. Good. I'd love to see. I'd like to see him put it together you know uh i mean look he he has the formula we're asking for right accurate driver good approach player i mean sure why not I, the, the one guy i will say i want to add if actually um above i i think i would maybe go jt poston i thought uh, about it too i did i didn't have the 35 to 1 at my books i was looking at he was like 28 but i do see that there are now um, where's posting at? Posting is 35 on DraftKings and 35 on points bet. So there are outlets that are posting that number, and I may get it tomorrow. Yeah, if you can catch that 35, that that might be where I'm at in that group. Uh yeah. Just to just to, he's done it before, right? I mean, I think like I, I truthfully, I don't really do much outright betting. I'm more of a fantasy guy. Um, uh, but with that being said, like isn't like a good prerequisite for people you want to put money on that they like can do it, you know, like, Oh, I've seen that guy like win every year. So like, you know, I I think, and so, you know, he's, he was in great form at the end of last year and he just, it's a birdie fest. So uh, if he plays good, like he, he, he can win. Yeah, it, and it's hard to quantify, right? Cause it's one of those things where it's like, it's an easy narrative, but like, you, the young players, you don't want to necessarily penalize them. Like Davis Thompson's here at 50 to one. Like I could say, yeah, Davis Thompson is he going to like, I don't think he's going to win, but yeah, clearly the odds are there for, for a reason. But yeah, I tend to typically in an outright market gear towards guys. I've seen lift trophies before, right? Because they understand what it takes. And it's really just about like what we talked about earlier. It's about dealing with the pressure and a high anxiety situation in understanding that in the past you've had success in that same environment. So you sort of have this self-belief that you know it's possible to get it done and not this self-doubt of will I ever get it done? That's where I kind of lean on that with some of those guys. Like you mentioned, Poston has done it quite a bit. Um, Svensson to touch base on Svensson, his because he did go toe-to-toe with like some great players down the stretch. And like yeah. he has kind of did Tom ever tell you about when Tom and I met him? No, did you? Yeah, so we met him at the Honda, and it was funny because, oh you know, Tom, Tom Evigan. So Tom is a managing partner at RSM, and oh. Adam won the RSM Classic. So Tom was like, we were just, we talked to him for like 20 yeah. minutes. He probably, offered him a, he probably offered him a sponsorship deal that he didn't even have the... He, the bro, there's not... Do. I think to his benefit as a long-term player, there's not a whole lot going on upstairs there. Tom was like, what is your, cause the RSMs at two courses. He's basically like, what is your, what was your favorite course? The right. seaside or the ocean? And he was right. like, looked at us like we were, he had no idea that there were two courses. <laughs> That's wild. On the tournament he won. So maybe he just That's like wild. gets in the zone and he just goes out there and plays, man. He doesn't yeah. care who he's up against. I, I, I could see it. I think that, uh, that makes sense. Um, let's get down here past 50. You got Bazaden, who you got Hubbard, Smalley, Griffin is back at 60 to 1. P. Rodge is 60 to 1. Last week's popular pick, Sammy Ryder is 66 to 1. Neesmith, 70. Nick Taylor, 70. Akshay's here at 80. Um, any guys in here in this range? Is this starting? Do you do you bet long shots like this? Would you consider this a, a, uh, a steep bet for you? 
Well, that's the other thing to preface. That's all I do. I mean, I'm yeah. the guy. I mean, we're we're not even close to my range yet. Well, I'll let you know when uh, we're in my comfort zone. You know, is Frankie but, uh, is Frankie still got his car? I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, you'll find out later that, that the the my biggest uh, leak is is just think is just picking like these old guys that used to win that pr- probably aren't going anymore. But just like you know, hoping that. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously a young man's game now. You know. But, uh, but no, I actually like the one guy. So like the thing I think, uh, even just like on a logic, like fundamental approach to betting too. like, you know, we talk about Victor, right. And it's like, okay, why wasn't he winning in the past? He was doing this, this, he was bad at this and this, and that's what was preventing him from winning. Uh, Mm -hmm. so when he like fixes the leaks of like his, you know, short siding himself too much. And then he like becomes one of the best putters in the world and best chippers in the world. Okay, now he can win, and now he will yeah. win. Um, so in that breath, I think an interesting guy for this year even as a whole is Patrick Rogers, right? Because we know he can do it off the tee, and mm-hmm. we know he can do it with the putter. The only issue has always ever been the approach play. Right. So if he figures that part out, there's no reason he can't win golf tournaments because he's got the talent. We saw it in college. Uh, he worked with Jeff Smith, who I don't know if he's, I think he still might, but um, who was, you know, a, a longtime TPC Summerlin uh, coaching pro. And mm. so I think there's a chance he's familiar with the course, you know, being out working with Jeff at some point. Um, and so I don't know if I love him here in a birdie fest. I mean, we, you know, we saw him almost win that tournament where he lost to Akshay. So he's like kind of yeah. getting close, right? Like he, He's sniffing it. Um, so, and this is, that's a lot come for me because I usually stay away from him because of his irons. You know, that's usually why I tend to fade him when right. he's chalkier. Um, so, yeah. And, and the other guy, uh, real quick, is uh, Taylor Montgomery um, in the same breath. I mean, a guy who like really, really struggled last year at times, but not in the swing season. And, yeah. you know, this is Las Vegas, man. This is his city when it comes to golf. I know. I mean, and it's like that. That's the same thing I was talking about earlier with like the rookie swings and odds. Like, I don't know where, where he, he, I assume that he was like crushing it at the time. Like he was probably like 25 to one at this event last year. Like those yeah. fall swing events, he was getting down in the 20 to one range. And yeah. now like even 80 to 90 feels like short. Like if it wasn't Vegas, it'd be 125. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I took him third round in our draft that we did. Uh, yeah. Quick, you know, I mean, like, and it was good for a while and then, and then it wasn't. And, uh, but, but you never know. Right. I mean, that's the kind yeah. of guy if I, 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 I mean, I guess you'd like to see him start to trend a little bit towards kind of figuring it out, but, uh, you know, best putter in the world, in my opinion, I I've seen uh, when I, the things I saw him do on the greens, a couple of times I followed him down at, uh, uh at, uh, Torrey Pines, like, the guy's a wizard with the flat stick. So if he could just yeah. figure out, get on the green and two, I mean, that's how you win, right? You make a lot of putts. I took two guys here and like both kind of queasy picks, but I made them this morning. Uh, number one is, is Hubbard. I got it 60 to one. Um, he's played, he's coming off a 16th at the Fortinet and then a six last week. So he's played the two fall swing events and he's top 16, both of them. He's, the number one iron player right now in terms of like the last 36 rounds played in strokes gained approach, he flushed it with the irons again last week in the last five months, 
He's had three tournaments where he's gained over six and a half strokes on approach in the last five months, which is like unheard of iron play. And the other thing is he's in this like interesting motivation spot, I think, for the fall where they have this. uh, What are they calling it? The next 10 right now. I think they're still working on a name, but it's like this group of guys who are not quite in the elevated I don't even know if there's still elevated events. Everything's changing, but basically he's 59th and he has to be in the top 60. So he's one spot in to achieving this spot in like Pebble Beach and Genesis and the big time events early next season, which I think is a big time motivation hinge point for someone like Hubbard, who's hitting his irons really great right now. And the other one is is Doug Gim. I got an 80. There's 90 to ones now. Um, another sort of just a Vegas native sort of, uh, I've seen, I've seen him before too. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that he was a Summerlin member. I was hoping that you were going to bring him up because I knew I had already picked him, but he he made a little run in the, in the late summer and in the fall, he's made nine of his last 10 cuts. Uh, he's gained off the tee and approach in five straight tournaments that he's played, um, courses, where I would play Doug Gim are ones that uh, place more of a premium on accuracy versus power. Um, I think that this is probably one of those places, a place where you've seen like Kevin Na win. Not that power is ever a bad thing, but like you can't, like you mentioned, you can't get too far offline here. I don't imagine he hits too many balls into the rocks this week. Uh, coming off a missed cut last week, I think you got a couple more points on him here. So I took an 80 on him and a 60 on Hubbard, uh, and those are my two sort of long shots right now. Doug, Doug, him, Doug, him. <laughs> yeah, he's got to win know? one, and then we'll give him Doug I mean, him. Exactly, like he's got the name waiting for him if he wants it. You know, he's just gotta. All right, give me a give me a bomb. Give me a bomb. You said you got one for me. Give me some I more. I got a like couple. Steve. I'll, I'll if we have, I'll, 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 let him well, rip. So, all right, so uh, so yeah, David Lipsky being like the guy that I associate the most with here, uh, I think might give him some sort of edge. I, I don't think the the betting market has completely reflected it. We saw him play pretty well last year. Um, what do you, what kind of number do you got on him? Like, 150 to one. Yeah. And I think this is yeah. bet three, six, five. I think this one is. So there's, yeah, he ranges from 80 to 150. So this is like why you odd shop in golf right here. Yep, exactly. If you can get that number, I like it. Uh, Ryan Moore, like I said, another guy that I saw out here, um, UNLV grad, uh, uh, using the, uh, you know, the 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 same putter as Lucas Glover, so trying to figure that part out. Oh, okay. Um, Harry Hall, another guy that's yep. another. He's another course guy, right? I mean, look for any edge. I mean, I think home course, you know. So I, I he's a, he can make a lot of birdies, and um, so I like him. Uh, a guy that's like interesting that I want to keep an eye on for the whole season is Lonto Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's back from dealing with a bad injury, if he injury, can ever get right? Healthy, yeah. 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 If he can, exactly. Like if he could ever get healthy again, like he might get hung some, some longer numbers and he won. I mean, he won the Houston open, like, um, and, and, uh, I think is, a uh, is actually, you know, was, 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 he, he, uh, was in the tour championship that one year. Uh, Absolutely. so, so I think he's, he might, you know, hopefully I'm hoping I, again, I, I, sometimes I, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm a little bit more confident in these guys than they are. Uh, but, uh, and then the other, uh, the other couple long shots, uh, I mean, Harris at Endicott, like getting 
like if you can get, I saw 400 on DraftKings now. I yeah, guess you can get 500. I mean, he played pretty well for two rounds last week. I mean, it was pretty ugly. Like uh, Saturday, I didn't love his body language. You know, like he was a perfect example of someone who could use some yoga or some meditation out there. Uh, but you know, a number that long for someone who played pretty well uh, is is intriguing. And then the last one is. Uh, my new my new Francesco Molinari since he's not uh playing these uh Brant Snedeker uh I mean 750 I mean the guy is like a lot of wins on the PGA tour <laughs> a lot uh and like so like I kind of caught with so like the history is like ridiculous to anyone who doesn't know it where he like had been dealing with his back injury for five years like couldn't get any help at all finally like begged the doctor who had done this surgery one time on Steve McNair back in the day and somehow convinced him to do it. And they like did some stuff that I don't even want to talk about. And, hmm. and, 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 and he said he's back and, you know, like relatively healthy. And I kind of like followed him when he, and he looked like kind of good. I, I, he, uh, the Wyndham was where I, I bet him myself because he had won that tournament a couple times and, and he played like kind of good. He made the cut. He was in the hunt for like two days. He was like 11 under through two days. So I, I, you know, I don't know how much he can handle. I don't know if I'm sure he's getting tired out there, but 750 to one on a guy like that. Count me in. Love it, dude. Let me, um, yeah, Snedeker that I think that's more of like, you're not betting him to win. It's probably more of like a DFS play or, or like a hey, top hey. 40. 750 to one. You tell me when you can get odds that good on anything happening. I, I bet 750 to one on, on aliens showing up tomorrow. If I, could. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> all right, dude, listen, um, normally I, I will, um, say goodbye to the guests and do like a little final thoughts segment, but I wanted to, I wanted to keep you around if you got a couple more minutes and I wanted to do so because, um, I think you can, help maybe some people in my audience and I post it and you help me. And that's why I'm saying that because I posted something maybe a month and a half ago of just having a hard time dealing with some shit as a human. And when you post something like that, I think that there are, there are a ton of people that will like your post. Right. Um, but for most people, it makes them very uncomfortable. Um, everyone saw it that I know my family saw it. My, you know, my, my closest friends, the best man at my wedding saw it. And nobody really said a word to me about it. And I think it does talking about the subject, make it awkward for people. And the reason that I bring this up is I think that we live in a world where most people would just ignore that. And they don't want to really talk about human struggle, even the people that they're closest with. Um, a lot of some people reached out and sent me messages, which I was appreciated for. But two people called me that day to talk about it. And one of them was you. And you said something to me um, that I'll never forget. And you you were kind of talking a bit about yourself and you said, and I hope I'm not overstepping this by putting nah, this out there. You said that um, like winning the World Series of Poker like is not what you were put here on earth to do. It doesn't define you. You don't want it to make or break your life. It didn't bring you happiness or fulfillment and helping people in need with this kind of stuff was, was what you were here to do and what you want to use your life to do. And we yeah. talked a lot about perspective, which I often address here. 
Um, and even though I address it, like I, I find it to be the hardest thing to naturally come about is to achieve perspective because it all comes within the walls of your own skull, right? And you can't force perspective into your brain, even though you know you need it, you can't force it in there and have it feel organic or natural. It's something that you you really have to practice. You can't just implement it. And even if you practice, a lot of times you're going to fail in this. And like, how do you go about releasing the the sort of self-induced anxiety and sociological pressures in a world to create perspective for your life, to, to optimize your, your happiness and your experience and your, you know, 60 to a hundred years living on planet earth. Like how do you go about that? And how would you give someone advice trying to better do that themselves? Uh, well, the first answer is uh, pr- pretty poorly uh, to, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, you know, spending a lot of time thinking about this stuff. Uh, you know, the one thing that winning the main event has given me is time and how to use that time, uh, has been a a struggle to actually fill, um, quite frankly, but because I've had nothing but time, I do a lot of thinking. And, and, and I think that the, the first part of it, I think, uh, I think today, I think just specifically the, where we are, I think the the pandemic specifically, I, at least for me and and just in my, uh, I think like a lot of people are are struggling these days. I think it's mm-hmm. not talked about enough at all, or or not. Um, we do a really good job of distracting it, and and but uh, so I think it's like a common thing, um, and I think, uh, uh, you know, and and it's 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 just not easy, right? Because I think. Uh, you know, I think to a degree, it, it's almost like a disease, right? And, and, and it is. I mean, people talk about mental health and, you know, and it's doctors and scientists. And and so it's hard to combat a, a, a disease, right? And like other diseases, the longer you let it go, the worse it gets. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, you know, I could sit there and watch, you know, tons of videos of Michael Phelps to to to, to Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother talking about his journey to you know, and I do this research, I watch everyone and, and I, and I start to realize that, you know, first of all, the sickest part is I think I'm starting to think the average age of people like figuring out consciousness and self-actualization and, and getting to the top of Maslow's pyramid where you're like, you know, finding, uh, the things that are important, right. Intimacy, uh, friendship, um, you know, financial security, all this stuff that, that we need to be happy. Uh, is like a lot uh, higher than it should be. You know, it's like 35 to to like 40 even. Um, and that's like kind of weird, right? I mean, your life is short yeah. as is. I mean, the average age is 70. So you spend half your life lost, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and, and, and then, you know, people make mistakes early on that are detrimental, right? I mean, you, 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 you know, and, 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 it's like anything life and golf and poker. They're all similar in the sense that they're kind of games, you know? Right. And, 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 and if you kind of gamify it, you know, it's like, well, yeah, if you play bad over a certain period of time, you know, your results are going to be what they are. Right. And playing good is hard, you know, like, like any, I mean, poker, 
you know, zero sum, these are zero sum games, right? Not everyone can be happy. Not everyone can be the best, right? Not everyone's going to be number one in the world. Or, and, and so all I can do is testify that I'm, all I know is the facts, right? You know, world champion of poker and, and doesn't, doesn't ring, doesn't matter, right? Does, didn't do, you know, what, what it was supposed to. So, you know, that's it. And, and that's my problem to deal with and and because it, and, it runs a lot deeper than that right and you look at i mean golf you know i'm sure i can find numerous examples right and i'm sure you know look at max homer right they always talk about oh he's the he was the best golfer you know blah 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 oh it's just his confidence is why when he got confident now he became good oh like confidence like how do you get better at confidence you know like it's not yeah. a, we don't go to we don't go to confidence school we don't go to 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 you know uh, feel better about you know all, all this stuff and so yeah like it is in the mind you know and and so when you posted that i just didn't want to be a hypocrite right because i know what you're feeling and i think a lot of people are feeling it and you know i actually think the cure at the end of the day is somebody caring about you right i mean that's yes. kind of what we want right i mean that's why you posted that right because yeah uh 100 you know, sub- subconsciously, you wanted someone to care and, and come and, and just empathize with you, you know, and even a little bit of empathy can, uh, can change things. You know, I, I'm a big Pat McAfee guy now. I, I, I yeah. watch his program every morning. I, I love it. And uh, he says at the end of the show, he says, be a friend, help a friend, tell some, tell your, tell him something good. You never know, you could change a life, you know, and, and it's a quick thing at the end. And, you know, it makes me kind of think I, I wish he spent more time talking about that stuff than and than sports sometimes, you know, and, and I get yeah. why he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, you know, I, I think there will be a shift in the next couple of years, hopefully. I mean, unfortunately, it might have to get, uh, you know, a little bit worse before it gets better. I mean, that's the thing about politics, you know, not to get political, but like, you know, these leaders, right, they make it worse for my mentor, right? They're like a deterrent on our mentals as a whole and when when a body like that should be you know trying to help the population feel better you know yeah. feel better about so we'll, we'll see uh hopefully um you know i i i yeah maybe uh, maybe this yeah i'm gonna start dedicating i i want to start getting in the fight you know a, a little bit that's the irony right is uh right is uh truthfully yeah like uh not having a per you know having a purpose is super important for everyone right whatever it is you want to do i'm okay with it um but you know yeah if 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 the irony is yeah helping other people feel good is is usually a pretty good way to make yourself feel good so yeah um, yeah i think just to like you being willing to to share it and and talk about it with me like meant a lot. And I think that there's it started with the pandemic. I agree with you and this whole mental health thing and and everyone being isolated and yeah. I think it really transformed how people interact on social media where before it was like an in addition, it was an additive to your social experience, right? Because you were friends with these people, you met them, you were at the bar last night. Let me post some pictures so everyone remembers. Then it became like people assumed it's the only way to communicate and socialize with people, and they stopped having real 
like experiences and relationships with people and it all transformed into online and what that allowed people to do was increase cyberbullying and increase the ability to like say something hurtful to someone and know that there's no consequences whatsoever like if i were to walk up to you in a bar and say some of the things that people would say to you on social media, like you'd hit me in the face. But yep. like that's the consequence for that. But that's not real on Twitter. That's not a real thing. So people got used to that. And I think people are starting to understand it and be cognizant of it and appreciative of it on a level that it's affecting our youth. And I look out for it on my kids and kids in high school and certainly women being cyber bullied for how they looked. But not really many people are willing to talk about it for like men. And honestly, like yeah. and, and we have these egos that are like so built up that when someone takes shots at you online or you hear things or things don't go your way, it really bothers you. Or at least it does with me. So like having another just another one of the bros that like actually just reach out to you and been able to like meet you and form that relationship and have it mean enough that you would that you would extend that out to me. And, and you're right, 100% in what you're looking for there is for someone else to care and sympathize with you and just Sick. listen for a minute. And I think that um, I would be happy to help anyone out there who's going through it. I think that you're a great person to reach out to and it's something that's fulfilling to you. And you mentioned some stuff to me about like potentially writing a book because I think you have one of the most like interesting stories in the entire world that anyone could imagine from going to from absolutely like zero to a hundred to the pinnacle and the struggles that you've been through personally online offline and just have a really interesting story to tell that maybe one in five million people will ever experience anything like it so you being willing to be open and honest with people and receive sort of some of that, I think, is a credit to you. And I just kind of wanted to put it out there as, as two people who are are willing to help people in any sort of situation that um, it's available and to reach out to people and, and not be ashamed of it and, and kind of to talk about it and yeah. work through it and you'll find a better way out of it. Yeah, it's and, and that's the problem, right? It's like this is why it's so tough because you know, even like hearing that, you know, it's, it's still, it's still got such a strong hold on you sometimes when you're in it, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, like, obviously, uh, you know, I know the answer is I need to go talk about it. I need to go get help, you know, but uh, it's hard. I mean, a lot of it is like hopelessness, right? I mean, you know, if you don't yeah. feel like you can get better, why would you even try? Right. And, and so, uh yeah it, it's weird I, I i yeah i think the pandemic for sure uh i mean that's what definitely got me uh but that that's not to say i wasn't sick before i mean that but i was yeah. trying i was trying to fix it see that's the thing i know i mean it's crazy i i really i know because yeah, my yeah my, my life is uh definitely like yeah exactly but um but yeah yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the point. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I need to be you know, even a little bit more vocal than I. You know, maybe that's the irony, right? Is is I guess if somebody can just relate to, I, maybe it's not because it's not as it's not out there. I, I keep waiting for someone, you know, the right person to come out and say, "Hey, like, I think a lot of people are struggling." I mean, I, the pan, and then the big thing for me too is like again, like I, you know, the economy, right? I mean, when that pandemic, uh, you know, being the problem I have with life is because it's such a zero sum game, it's such a, it is like a negative to be 
empathetic and and driven by love you know it really goes against what the game is actually about right uh, yeah. the prerequisite rules so i think this is what the struggle with humans is that is is trying to figure out how to navigate that uh as a whole and so that's why i think the best step is just kind of like trying to be happy you know where you are and 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 just yeah. being content you know it's really hard man it takes a lot of work and someone to care and i know you're probably you probably don't have that but uh, you know, I guess then you just got to hopefully be brave one day and, and get yourself out of it, which is, you know, hard to do and, and not likely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's just about trying to live opti- like optimizing yourself, right? For your, you get one life and to try to make it optimal for you. And, and this may not impact people the same way it does you or it does I, and they may be able to deal with it. And maybe the optimal for them is getting as wealthy as possible and achieving career success. Or maybe the optimal for them is just like stay at home dad and like be totally grounded and everything with your family. But some people, the optimal is somewhere in between. And it's like figuring out that perfect lineup, right? We'll figure out what's optimal <laughs> for your life and your brain. Yeah. And I think that that will be yeah. like a huge success and having uh, understanding that other people share in those experiences yeah. and share in that thought process. And you're not alone is I think uh, very important. What I know was optimal was having you on the show tonight to sort of break down TPC Summerlin, man. I thank you a ton for being to like an open book tonight and sharing some of those experiences. I, I really value your friendship. I look forward to coming out there again in a few months and, and hopefully hanging out once again and uh, appreciate you coming on preferred lines tonight. Tell everyone uh, like what you got going on, where they can follow you on Instagram or Twitter and, and we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Yeah. I mean, I'm at S Blum 271 on all uh, social media sites and like you said i guess if you're uh looking for someone to save you go ahead and slide in my dms and i'll uh <laughs> do the best i can you know um and and yeah yeah uh you know excited for shriners coming up uh you know it's always a good one five minutes from my house and yeah just trying to just try to live the best life you can right it's a, it's kind of it's easy and hard at the same time Enjoy it, brother. Thanks, everyone, for checking out the show tonight. Make sure to give me a subscribe on the way out, maybe a like, like the biggest thing, like you said, our boy Pat talks about. Tell a friend, right? If you enjoyed this, yeah. word of mouth means yeah. more than anything. Brought to you free of charge, commercial free uh, each and every week. This has been Preferred Lines. That's Scott Blumstein. I'm Joe Idoni. I'll catch you next week for the Zozo. I'm out of here. Peace. that comment.